The first lesson we heard from Psalm 71 reminds us, affirms for us that God is our help, our hope, our rock. And our praise flows from that. Our second lesson is from the Gospel of Luke, and it's a story that echoes that affirmation. So listen. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over, and she was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When Jesus said this, All his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. This past week, Ginger and I went to see the movie, The Butler. This is a story about an African-American named Cecil Gaines who was born a sharecropper's son in Georgia in the early 1920s or perhaps the late 19-teens, who escaped the terror and rigor of sharecropping life and found his way to Washington, D.C. By grace and good fortune, Cecil Gaines ended up serving as a White House butler from the Eisenhower administration, all the way to the Reagan years in the 1980s. While the movie is mostly about Gaines' personal family life and his interactions within the White House through all those administrations, through all that long period, one prominent film critic has declared the movie a groundbreaker for being, quote, the first major feature film to capture the full sweep and scope of the civil rights movement. If you like drama, and if you're interested in history, this is a great movie that makes you think. Think about lots of things and think deeply about racial issues that continue to plague our nation. The story of Cecil Gaines' life, somewhat fiction, somewhat fact, carries him from the horrors of his childhood where he watches his mother abused and his father murdered on the farm in Georgia all the way to the tension-filled deliberations of the Oval Office as he watches presidents deal, for example, with desegregation in the 1950s or the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Act of the 1960s, or Nixon's tribulations with the Black Panthers, 
all the way to Reagan's deliberation and questions about how he should respond to apartheid in South Africa. Then additional complexities and more compelling issues make this a fascinating and important story. I suspect that it's no accident that the butler appears in theaters just as we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. You probably know that 50 years ago from tomorrow, August 26, 1963, Martin Luther King stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and gave his famous, iconic, I have a dream speech. It was there that Lincoln conveyed the dream about how he hoped his children would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Fifty years ago, King had a dream where the sweltering heat, he said, of injustice and oppression in Mississippi and the vicious racism of Alabama would give way to the time when little black boys and little black girls would be able to join hands with little white boys and little girls as sisters and brothers. As Brian Blunt has written in the recent article in the Presbyterian Outlook, that speech by King, to quote Brian, unleashed the vision, the vision of a world free from the beast of racial inequality. That speech, Brian said, enlists, has enlisted our social and political and economic and spiritual efforts to make the vision real. That speech Believe that with God's help, those who attended to its words, caught inspiration from its ideas, and deployed its dream would terminate racial injustice and establish civil rights. Indeed, this 50th anniversary of the March on Washington has taken a special interest in my house. Ginger has a picture of her father taken that August day in 1963 at the Lincoln Memorial. Ginger has been reading and sharing with others some of her father's written memories of that day. Her father, Randy Taylor, was pastor of the Presbyterian Church of the Pilgrims, which is located on DuPont Circle in Washington. Those were difficult and those were important days. And we are still having many of these racial conversations. The I Have a Dream speech may have unleashed the vision of a world free from racial inequality. That speech may have enlisted our social and political and economic and spiritual efforts to make the vision real. But we still have a long way to go. Just in the last few days, we have heard and we have read about heated conversations in Richmond about the possibility and the problems of having a tremendous Confederate flag right on Interstate 95 for all to see as they come into Richmond. You've heard about that debate, I hope. Is it heritage? Is it hate? Is it hospitality? Is it within certain rights? 
Is it wrong? Clearly, we have a long way to go. And the flag issue along I-95 is just the latest, just the latest that reminds us that racial harmony and reconciliation and genuine community are still a long way from us. There are not that many little white boys and little white girls holding hands as brothers and sisters, despite that terrific vision by Dr. King. All of this intersects with our lives today as we listen to that passage from Luke chapter 13 about the healing of the woman. You can see the title of my sermon today. It's called From Hunched Over to Praising God. I feel like there's a lot of hunched over around here. The story of the butler The story of Cecil Gaines and his life journey from distraught and terrified boy in Georgia to the long years of serving as a butler in the White House is so full of one man's struggle to move from hunched over to standing tall and proud as a citizen and as a servant. It's amazing and it's very complex. All that he had to come, overcome, And all that he did. The story of the Confederate flag along the interstate is a reminder that we as a society continue to be hunched over. Seemingly incapable or unwilling to live in racial harmony. We cannot seem to come to terms with the rights that we insist are ours. And respect and care for others and communities. We will continue to be hunched over as a society as long as we dwell on rights, regardless of the harm it causes, instead of the harmony and the hope that we're called to work toward. We will continue to be hunched over as a society as long as we assert what we want, regardless of how our rights affect others. And there are lots of things that leave us hunched over in our personal lives. Maybe it's some issue going on in your work life. Maybe it's a circumstance in your family life. All of us carry around heartaches and concerns that when Jesus looks at us, he recognizes like he did with the woman in the synagogue, that we've been crippled, bent over, hunched over for a very long time. He sees it. He looked at the woman in the synagogue that day, and he knew that a spirit had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over, it says, and quite unable to stand up. Hunched over, bent over, 18 years. That's a long time, a crippling time. There are those of us adjusting to what comes our way in life again. You know, life is basically a continual adjustment to what comes our way. Perhaps it's a recent transition for you. Maybe it's a fresh loss in your heart. Perhaps it's a 
new diagnosis that's going to set the schedule of your life for the foreseeable future, doctor visits and other plans that's going to dominate your thoughts and affect how you think about everything. Perhaps it's a lingering problem that you struggle with every day, a daily battle that you wake up with and have to encounter. Or maybe it's some new and unknown direction that you're supposed to go in. There's a lot of hunched over around here. Despite the blessings that we can count, despite the joys that are ours. But look at what this story is about. Look at what happens in this story. The passage says that Jesus is in one of the t- synagogues and he's, t- he's teaching. The woman appeared, it says. She had come to worship in the synagogue. That's why she's there. And it says, when Jesus saw her, he called to her and he said, and this is his quote, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And it says also that Jesus laid his hands on her and immediately she stood up and then she began praising God. Now notice, this woman didn't approach Jesus. She simply came in to worship. There's nothing mentioned here about how faithful she was or what she had been doing in her life. Nothing about her. She had come to worship. She was bent over. Jesus saw her. Jesus sensed her crippling paralysis for so long. He touched her. She began praising God as she stood up. Then the story shifts, a big shift in this little passage. The leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus was curing on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days in which to work, and which work ought to be done, not on the Sabbath. And the focus moves from the healing of the woman to the argument with the religious official. Isn't that familiar? Too often we seize upon the negative and we begin fussing about some issue and we miss the big transformation and the celebrations altogether. What's most interesting in, and helpful too in this story as it unfolds is how the story and how Jesus' rationale for healing the woman on the Sabbath plays on two verbs, loose and bound. The Greek word for loose is luo. And it's the Greek word that all Greek students get tired of because it's the one verb when you study Greek that's so great when you, to learn conjugations and verb tenses. Luo and luo in every tense. And what? It's the verb luo, which is in this passage, loose. We have some fresh-thinking Greek students who've just finished summer Greek at Union Seminary, and they're tuned in right now. <laughs> Jesus loosed the woman from the infirmity that had her bent over for 18 years. If Jewish law, which the authorities in the synagogue were so worried about, permits loosing of a bound animal for watering on the Sabbath, should not it be permitted that this woman, not an animal, but it says a daughter of Abraham who's been bound up by Satan for 18 long years, be loosed too from this horrible bond? 
Jesus' argument is incontrovertible. Jesus puts his adversaries to shame and the people rejoice. All of this, friends, is another sign. And they're all through the Gospels. But here is another sign, even in the midst of hardships, even in the midst of being hunched over from life's weights and burdens, this is another sign of God's intentions breaking into the world, breaking into life, giving life, bringing healing, bringing hope, and reminding us that God's way prevails. Here is another affirmation that God's purposes, wholeness, Hope, vitality, life, joy, justice, they are indeed breaking into the world. Thanks be to God. And what that means, friends, is this. All the things that leave us feeling hunched over today will also be loosed by God in God's care and in God's time. We hold on to the vision that King unleashed in his speech that racial equality will be addressed and loosed and reconciliation and justice will prevail. That is the promise. The promise of this story. That's the promise of God. We may be burdened and we may be bound by new discussions about this huge flag that's going to fly along I-95 to welcome people to our city. But God has different plans, folks. Different plans than that. Different plans to create a community, a city, a world where fighting gives way to new foundations of reconciliation, new possibilities for community, where asserting our rights gives way to new understanding about life together. We may be bound. We may be bent over with crippling issues in our own hearts. Circumstances surrounding our particular lives. But God, friends, God sees that crippling spirit and God comes and touches us and allows us to stand up and have confidence and life. Life may be difficult. Life may be full of burdens. But friends, the promise holds. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Not what we're dealing with today, not what we face tomorrow, not anything in all creation will be able to separate us from God's love. So if you came to hear the gospel message today, that was it. One time I was standing at the door of the sanctuary greeting people after worship. A man came through the line and said, that was a good sermon preacher, really good. I said, oh, thank you. He said, but it was followed by two not-so-good sermons today. (laughs) It's often hard how to figure out how to conclude a sermon. Jesus doesn't always do it well. Many of his parables and stories leave us hanging, wondering, waiting. Not this story. Not this story. After Jesus makes the point here, shouldn't a woman bound for 18 years be loosed, even if it's the Sabbath? Jesus has come to bring about the reign of God. That's the promise. It's real. It's coming. 
There's no stopping it. It's about life, and it's about hope, and it's about joy, and it's about justice, and it's about our hurts, and about the world's needs, and it's all coming in God's name. When Jesus says this, the crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. That's how the passage ends. The crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. So this means we move from hunched over to praising God as we each open our hearts and our lives to Jesus' spirit, as we listen and trust in Jesus' presence and healing and help, no matter what happens to us, what issues beat us and bruise us, bruise us, nothing is too much for God, not anything too much for God. And we move from hunched over to praising God too as we keep seeking to align our lives with the things that Jesus cares most about, with the things that God intends for the whole world as we give time and energy and care and things to Jesus that Jesus cares about, reconciliation, community, compassion, convictions that bring justice and joy for everyone. We move from hunched over to praising God as we recognize Jesus is in our midst and as we seek to align our lives with God's purposes. Not alienation, but reconciliation. Not just rights to do something, but working for a more wholesome and hopeful world. May it be so. Today, tomorrow, forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, see us. Recognize us. As you saw that woman hunched over, touch us, heal us, redirect us, and may we all move together toward your reign in Christ Jesus our Lord. Alleluia. Amen.